Welcome to Positive Bitch Lady, or as we like to say, Positive Power Lady. Listen in as your host, Sandy Joy Weston, takes on the hottest topics, explores how to deal with them in a positive, bold way, and highlights some amazing power ladies out in the world. This episode is brought to you by, woohoo, I love this company, Keep Botanicals. Keep Botanicals is a 100% plant-based brand. They are women-owned and proudly formulate clean treatments for the face, body, and hair. Keat was founded by Lisa Brill. I love that woman because of her own challenges with her thyroid and autoimmune disease. Every day, they make fresh batches of products in their California and Wisconsin skin studios. It's small batch from scratch, and it's fresh from their studios to your doorstep. Shop online at KeatBotanicals.com or pop into one of their studios. I promise you're going to love it. Well, ladies... I am freaking so excited. I mean, not only as positive bitch, power lady, really skyrocketing after just three weeks, which I'm so excited. It's just for my gals. But now we're going to add, for the first time ever, guest. That's right. People that I really believe are making a difference in the world, inspiring others, leaving in their true passion. And what better woman to start with than a woman I met Oh, a few months ago, but we finally got her in, Diane Sharp Naxon. And Diane is the artistic director of Sharp Dance Company, based in Philadelphia. And for those who know me, you know I love to dance, and I was a dance major, so I really, really love support dancers. Ah, oh, it's my thing. And she founded, by the way, Sharp, and premiered the company in 2006, so not so long ago. Her work has been presented in over 30 cities in the United States and in Europe. Ooh, I'm so excited to find out her journey and talk more about dance. Diane, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm so excited, by the way, that you are a guest on Positive Bit. Power Lady. Like you see the logo, it, it like has the B, but then there's this arrow and X going through it to say Power Lady. It's so I funny. love it. I love it. Well, you know why I started it is because I was doing all these negotiations and I felt like people under their breath were saying, bitch, you know, and I've never <laughs> been called that in my entire life. I mean, underestimated, wackadoo, you know, too airy fairy, all that <laughs> stuff. But I realized, and I thought to myself, well, if you're going to call me a bitch, can you call me a positive bitch lady? <laughs> and really, I, I don't even like that connotation, but I want what I want this to be, and that's why I thought you'd be perfect for this, is not being a bitch. You don't, people may call you a bitch. People may not like what you have to say, but when you're standing in your true power and coming from love, you're going to be a powerful woman, right? I hope so. That's yeah. my goal. Yeah. And you may be under, you have to be okay that somebody might call you a bitch, but really that's not what I want to promote. I want to be a power woman, a woman who stands out there and not afraid to say, you know, what she needs to say, express herself. And not everybody might agree with it. Right. If they agree or disagree, you still got to say what you think. Yes, absolutely. So Diane, before we get started this, cause your dance company is very unique. I, I was on your you know, you and I met and I fell in love with what you do, but I also was on your website and you 
does every dance like have a story or a, a mission or to inspire, or is there any pieces that they just dance or do they all come no. in there and you go, Oh yeah, my goodness. I- I pretty much almost 95% are story-driven pieces. And the reason for that is I find something that inspires me or I find a story that people might not know about and I want everyone to know something that I learned. And so most of my pieces are socially conscious or story-driven and have something that piqued my interest or touched me in a way. And it's something that I want to talk about. And I do that through dance. I freaking see that's what I love because there's so many ways, right? To inspire others. So many ways. And your is through dance. So let's back up a little bit. Were you a dance major? Have you danced your whole life? How'd you get into this, Diane? Yeah, I danced professionally um, after college for about 10 years, and then I was injured, and I I just couldn't repair my injury, and so I had to retire from dancing at only 32. So I was already choreographing for my company at that time, and I had choreographed all through college, and so some friends of mine that danced with me said, you know, okay, it's time. Let's start doing this on our own, and so we started the company in um, 2005, and we started doing work and we presented for the first time in 2006. And from that, it's been an amazing ride. We've been all around the country. Um, We've been to Europe twice. I've been invited to a few residencies where I get to sit in with other artists and powerful women in different types of art. So photography and painting and been able to do some collaborative uh, projects, um, with them, which is my favorite thing to do. Our newest project is a collaboration with a composer, um, this wonderful woman from that I met through the internet in Russia. She actually lives in Moscow. Mm. Um, so I think that if you're doing collaborative work, um, it really expands your voice in a way that, you know, working alone never could. So it, it brings you in different directions. And most of the pieces that we present have, a, you know, a real story driven base to them. Now, once in a while, I need to just blow off some steam and we'll just do a piece for pure movement. Um, and that's just my like let it go um but everything else is is really story driven and we've done all different types from serious to funny to um you know direct we have a new piece right now um that we're premiering next weekend again in philadelphia uh called 669 and uh that's the story i saw and i'm sure some people saw online the story about Nicholas Winton and he saved 669 children from the Holocaust. Yeah. And no one knew that he did this for like 50 years. And then his wife found something in the attic and they brought him to BBC and he was actually surrounded by a bunch of the children now as adults that he had saved. And it was so touching for me when I saw it, I just completely, not only for what he did, but for the fact that, you know, no one knew about it. Yeah. Um, and that it's just so humble and beautiful. And so that's what we made the piece about. All right. So I get it. Like you see something and you want to bring it to light. And especially this one, because yeah. you wanted everyone to be inspired and not that many people. Like I didn't know the story until you right. told me. But from there, take me through the process of how you create the dance from that, because I can see you writing about it, but I, 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 and I'm a dancer and I'm, I'm thinking how, how does that happen? I mean, that's just so brilliant. 
Like what comes first? You bring the dancers together, you sketch it out. Like I need to know. Yeah, I definitely am a like kind of see the whole package first and then I sketch it out into sections. So with normally I'm really motivated by the music and we hadn't found a composer yet and we started the piece just to the ticking of a clock uh, because the parents knew that they had to give up the children. And so we started just with a simple clicking, you know, this ticking of the clock and the piece developed from there into a new section. And when we heard the music um, from Liliana, who is the composer, we we literally pressed play to some material that I set and it completely fit like as if we had heard the music first. Like I really believe that sometimes it just happens for a reason and it just, it fits where it's supposed to fit. I agree. Yeah. And so the piece just developed from individual stories. Like there's a section that, you know, there's a true story about a woman who had to choose between which son to give up. She could only send one. And so once I heard that story, I picked a song and I actually have two boys and one, you know, I mean, they're two men, of course, and one female. And it's really depicting that story. So I try and find the emotional connection to that and, you know, what are they looking for and what are they trying to say and who are they trying to become, escape, you know, and from that I, you know, derive material from it and teach it to the dancers. So, okay. I mean, <laughs> I, you must be so connected, which I love, you know what I mean? Because you can see, you know, like you said, you heard the music and it just fit. What do you do for yourself? Because this can really help a lot of people out there to inspire you. I think that if you have an issue or a story or something that is touching you in your life, that you are going to find a way to express that. And that's all that I'm doing instead of instead of painting a picture of something I see, I'm doing that and inherently putting it in my body and trying to tell it through movement. So whether it's the struggle or it's when they become the children and they're the happier part, it's just really using your body. I always say that I'm the artist and my dancers are like I'm the paintbrush and my dancers are the paint. And so I am touching in on what it means to me and trying to express that through them. How many dancers do you have in your group or does it vary? It's usually six to eight. And most of my dancers have been with me for years. Actually, one of them celebrating 10 years, uh, which is kind of rare. Philadelphia is more like a pickup company. So a lot of people do project to project. But Mm -hmm. I really feel that if the dancers love each other and are connected in their real life, that when you put that on the stage, it really resonates. And so we like to keep ourselves, we call ourselves the crazy sharp family. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, you have to be a family. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, yeah. you have to be a family. So, all right. So when you're getting ready for a piece, is it hour and hour of practice or do they all have full-time jobs? Like how do they fit this in there? So most of my dancers do something else besides teach for me. Most of them are instructors. One's the artistic director of Mid-Atlantic Ballet. Uh, One of them runs dancing classrooms. So they're all teaching to supplement where we are um, because funding is always an issue for us. So we try and limit 
the rehearsal times so that they can do other things. And then mm-hmm. we rehearse and we usually perform seasonally and then we tour. So we usually have a fall season and we're preparing for that. Um, and we us- and then we have a spring home season and then we tour the rest of the year. So, you know, next week is our April performance. So we're rehearsing right now tw- two days a week. And then, um, you know, we'll get ready for performance. And then we start, as soon as this show's over, we start getting ready for our fall show, which is uh, this year we're celebrating, we're bringing back our Woodstock show because it's 50 years since Woodstock. So that's a, yeah, it's a completely different, lighthearted, fun show. We actually did it for the Philadelphia International Festival of the Arts. They Mm -hmm. said if you had a time machine, where would you stop in time? And we said, well, hell, we'll stop at Woodstock. So uh, we made a whole show about Woodstock. And since this year is 50 years since Woodstock, we're bringing it back for the fall. You know what's really funny? I didn't understand. I was, do you ever hear of Kripala? Kripala is a yoga and health uh-huh. retreat. I yeah. just got back. I've never gone to anything like that. was amazing. I'm not even a yogi. Um, but I did do the uh, yoga dance, which I had a blast with, Diane. Which we Ooh, were talking about. yoga dance? I don't yeah. even know what that is. That sounds amazing. It freaking was, you know, so first of all, you know, some people feel comfortable in their own skin and some people don't. But within 10 minutes... You know, they use the breathing, they use the meditation, and then, you know, it's a lot of free expression. They kind of guide you, mm. but at the end of the hour, it's so great to see how people have loosened up, you know, like people laugh, people cry, and then they made, which you can understand how difficult. Imagine, you know, the average person's going in there, mostly women, and then they made you just dance up to somebody and look them in the eye, sober, oh, and sort yeah. of start dancing with them. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. Oh my God. It was amazing. It was just so beautiful to watch and, you know, to see people open up and then find like when you open up and you're more comfortable, you become a better dancer. You know, everyone does. And I think it makes you, you know, a lot of my dancers are working together. And so when they like feel comfortable and know each other and powerful in their own skin, it just makes them better partners. So when they're dancing together, I mean, you feel it. Yeah, it it was crazy. But it was just neat to, you know, when I was there to see, like you were talking about before we went on about how it's just such a form of self-expression and I felt, and I don't know if you know this too, but I'm sure you do. A lot of people that were there, they came there um, because they just needed to get away from society. They needed to uh, unravel, unwind, and get away from gadgets and phones and emails. And they felt the dance really helped with relieving anxiety. Well, I think there's so many aspects of dance that make it like you can go to a show and I always tell people like unplug your phone and give yourself this hour to enjoy and read into what it is and feel what the choreographer is trying to say. And I think the same can happen when you're in class, you know, when you're just letting yourself and not worried about how high is my leg and how do I look in the mirror and how am I doing and just let yourself have a real expression. I always say that nothing is a better workout than a dance class because you forget you're working out because yes. you're so in your head about so many things that this is a way to just release and have a release and do what you're doing to you know work out or do it for fun but you're just getting out of this a mindset of what you have to be doing. I'm um, 
I, you know, what's really the funniest thing that I ever, and uh, you know, I taught for years and years and then I taught in the fitness center. What I found, the dancers realized when you were teaching dance that this was a hard workout, right? They got that. But then when I brought it to the fitness center, a lot of women, this is the weirdest thing, thought because they didn't hate it. They weren't, you know, do you know what I'm saying? That it wasn't yep. a great workout. Like yeah. that was the weird, like they were having too much fun. I'm like, no, no, no. You were, you weren't thinking about it. You were having fun. You were getting lost in the music, but it doesn't yeah. take away from that. It was a great workout where if they were just doing calisthenics, they said, okay, that must be working. Is that the weirdest thing? Like what I is wrong? That is so funny. I, I always say the best class I ever took in my entire career was an African dance class when I was in oh college God. and it was in a gymnasium and I walked in and the teacher was this very voluptuous, curvy woman. And when I tell you that we all look like we stepped out of the shower at the end of class, yep. like dripping wet, but nobody we were exhausted, but no one would sit down because the class was so amazing and so fun. You just didn't realize how hard you were working. Yeah. I can't believe you mentioned that because last year I went to New York City and I took some African dance classes and they're like, oh, you need to try it. the beginner class. I'm like, mm, all right. It kicked my butt. And the woman <laughs> had to be in her 80s. I'm not right? kidding you. Yeah. It, it was it was like the hardest thing yep. I, yeah. And they, you're right. They didn't stop. I'm like, I just need to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. So I think that's what, you know, is great about dance is if you really let yourself go and can be into it, it can be inspiring and it can be your time, which I don't think enough people let themselves have their time. They're like, okay, I have an hour so I can do 14 pushups and ride the bike. And yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. no, like just, you know, let it go a little bit and you can still have fun and have a workout and express yourself. You know, it's really, I, we, I was talking about that when I just got, because I got back from Kapala. I've never been to anything like that. I always justify, except for the family vacation to short, I travel a lot, Diane, but I make sure that I'm teaching or doing a workshop or doing a speaking engagement, like to justify being away without my family. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy versus we know logically that when we take care of ourselves and we have something we're passionate about and inspired about and feel good, it's not only amazing for us, but it translates into our family, our friends, our kids. Right? I mean, it Absolutely. does. Why don't we? I don't know. Maybe you're better at that. I mean, do you make sure that you get that in for yourself? You know, I think that I really try to vacate, like to have my downtime. That is real downtime. I always tell my husband, it's him and I and no one else. And I don't have to be on because I think so much in our lives, especially running a business, like you running what you run and I run what I run. You always feel like you have to be on. Yes. And I think that downtime is, is so underrated for what it really, what you really need. Because if you're go, go, go all the time, though, it's those quiet moments where I get some of my best ideas. Yeah. It almost feels Okay, some of my friends are going to get mad at me, but (laughs) all right, we're going to say it anyhow. It almost feels that it's a badge of honor to be extremely busy and not have a minute for yourself. You have time and you go, no, I'm just reading my book or you're not overwhelmed and so super busy that you don't have as much. I know it sounds crazy. 
but you don't have as much value or you're not participating as much. I don't know. Do you feel that? Like you can get caught up. If you said, how's your week going? And you didn't say week from hell. Oh my gosh, I'm really busy. You don't feel <laughs> like you did as much. Like you're, 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 you're supposed to be doing more or having more meetings or going to more places. I don't know if you experienced that. I really do. And the, the joke with, with that I get from people is, oh, you're going to go on another vacation? Like that's my thing. And because when I'm here and I'm, you know, a self-employed, I'm the boss. If, it do- if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. I can work sometimes till 2.30 in the morning. You know, yeah. when I have stuff to get done. So the only real time where I have found for me is I need to leave. Yeah. Even if it's a weekend, if it's a day down the shore, if whatever it is. And so, you know, the joke that I get from people, it's almost like a like in, in a negative way, like, oh, are you going on vacation again? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I say, absolutely. You know, I'm yeah. turning off the clock four or five days and I'll come back and I'll, you know, I'll bust it out for 60 more. But I definitely feel like people think that if you're not go, 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 then you're absolutely missing the boat. Yeah. You know what? I'm so glad you said that because my favorite entrepreneurs, the ones that really taught me well, and they were really at the top of their game and CEOs that I really respected, their saying was work hard, Sandy, play hard. Yep. And that I, they wanted to kept instilling in me, please play more because they didn't think I played more. And when I went away to Kapala, like I said, it was the first time that I went that it was not, okay, I'm going to speak and work. And it was weird to me, but I was like, why did I wait so long to do this? This is crazy. Not that I don't enjoy when I work and speak and travel, but I didn't have to think of anything else. And when I came back to some of the family they were trying to justify in the head, oh, are you getting credits? You know what I mean? Because you can get CECs and all that. And you right, have to right. Your credit. And because they did offer it there. And I almost was going to go, yeah, 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 because I didn't want to have to justify it. But I'm like, no way. I was like, uh, no. I took this time for myself to regenerate, to, you know, because I just sold two of my businesses and I wanted to take time before I went full speed ahead. You, you know what I mean? And really think about what I'm doing and where I'm going. But they didn't get that by it. <laughs> like, and I think it's a shame because I think it's like one of those things that everyone thinks that if you're not just go, go, go all the time and, oh, look, she's taking another vacation. Like that is – I mean I'm in the creative arts. So yeah. I need time to process, to come up yeah. with what is the next thing. And I always find the time that that happens is when I'm calm. And when am I calm? It's when I'm away and disconnected. Yep. You know, if you're here hovering over my computer 20 hours a, a day, like you're never going to get to that inspirational point. No. And so I think that people need to stop feeling that like if you take some time back and to yourself, I mean, that might be the best business, you know, you do all year is your yeah. quiet time. Oh, I came, back, I came back with so many ideas. I was going from everyone's like, wait, even when I was there, like some people were able to take a day or two. You know, they were coming from DC and New York, Boston. And I was like, no, I got here Monday. I'm leaving Friday. <laughs> and they were like, you. what? And I'm like, yeah. And guess what? Even my director of operations, Megan, said, I know you said you're going to come back on fire with a million ideas. And I did. And you, you know? did, right? Exactly. So, anyhow, I, I just I want to get that message out there. 
because when you yeah. said you, you know, where you went and that you were traveling, I thought, good for you, you know, just going and taking it. But I want to go back a little bit because I know that you said you got injured when you were 32, right? And, yeah. and that's what, you know, which I always think everything happens for a reason and look what you're bringing to the world and the messages. But what made you, what, is there anything like that made you, because you could have just started a dance company and not having it, you know, with this type of voice. Yeah. I, you know, it's always funny. I always say like, it's a little, like I have somebody sitting on my shoulder that is directing certain things in my life. Like I try not to fight when certain things happen for a reason, even if it's the smallest things in my work. So like one time, for example, we were looking for dresses and everyone was going to be in different colors. And all I could find was red, 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 red. And so finally I'm like, okay, I get it. They're supposed to be red or, you know what I mean? Or I can't find music. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I can't can't find music. I happen to be laying on the beach and, you know, and someone sent me music a year ago and it popped into my iPod and wound up playing. I was like, oh my God, this is the song. So I kind of feel like if you let yourself be still enough, you know, there's little things that lead you in the right direction of where you need to go. So, you know, when we're sending work or we have ideas, I mean, I think that you need to get to somewhat of a calm point and then, you know, ideas are going to come. Uh- Oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. Okay. So favorite places to vacation. Do you have any? Oh God. Italy, Italy, Italy. Oh, that didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. I um, did an artist residency in Italy, in Southern Italy. Um, and I got to go, I was the first choreographer ever asked to go, which was crazy town. They gave us um, a studio in a castle that we were allowed to work in. So I literally choreographed some material on the top of a castle looking at the sea. It was amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, that, it, was, it was amazing. And I made friends and one of the artists there was out one night and she fell in love and now is married and lives there. So I travel there every year if I can. And it is my most um, peaceful place. It's quite it's on the sea. It's amazing food. It's lovely people. Uh, if I could just vacation one place in the world, that's where I would go every time. Really? Okay. Yeah. So for somebody that, I mean, I've been there twice, but if somebody hasn't been to Italy, where would you recommend they go first? I definitely think away from the cities. Go see Rome for two days and then escape. Um, the place that I go is in, uh, it's called Otranto. And it's all the way in the southern, it's the farthest east you can be. It's in the heel of the boot. But that whole area is beautiful and quaint and quiet and just absolutely brings you back to life. I think it is the number one place. And, you know, it's not cheap to get to Europe, but once you're there, it's so reasonable and the food's so amazing and the people are really lovely. Oh, I love that. I love, do you need a lot of time? Like, do you, do you ever think of, okay, if I go to Italy, like I have friends that said, I have to, I have to have three weeks. And I don't think that's the case. No, I don't think so. No. I think that, you know, whatever you can squeeze out, squeeze out. I'm actually doing a yoga dance retreat in Italy. Um, but I'm running in August for a Wait week. a minute. Wait a minute. Before we end this, let's <laughs> go down here now. Start from the beginning and let's take notes. 
Yeah. So I loved Italy and my husband and I spent some time in Umbria, which is like the quieter part of wine country at this beautiful retreat. And a friend wine of mine. Wine country? Okay. In wine country in Umbria. Yeah. It's a beautiful place called Genus Loci is the name of the of the resort and it's this beautiful inn and I talked to a friend of mine so I became friends with the owner we were chatting she's this wonderful woman who fell in love with her Italian husband 50 years ago and moved to Italy and lives there and she said would I like to come and run a retreat a dance retreat and I said well not only would we love to dance but we'd love to do some yoga so my friend is a yoga instructor and we're doing a non like it doesn't have you don't have to be a dancer and we're doing this retreat and it wound up being all of these amazing women that we from all over the country. I have some people coming from Chicago. Some people um, are coming from Europe, friends of friends. And it is going to be a week in Umbria where we're going to drink a lot of wine and do a lot of yoga and do some great movement and hang out and just have a fantastic time in Umbria. Okay, now, because the listeners are going to be like, wait a minute, is it sold out or can they still get um, in? I, I have three spots left. So okay. if anyone's interested. Um, okay, what can... week is it? Let's get details for these people because it's going to be sold out. I know it's, that. Yeah, it's almost completely sold out. It's August 3rd through August 10th. Okay. And if anyone's interested, they can just email me at diane at sharpdance.org. Okay. And um, I can let them know. Yeah, it's sold pretty quickly. And we're trying to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have. But it, it's just so funny the people that are attracted. You know how I say everything happens that just that's supposed to happen? I mean, mm-hmm. it wound up being all these amazing women and their friends and, you know, their friends of friends. And so, like, everyone that we know is at least one person connected. And I love it. It's, it's, I'm really excited about it. So, we want to do exactly what you and I were talking about. It's a week for them. No one's bringing kids. No one's bringing husbands. And literally our plan is we're doing a cooking class at a beautiful place that, you know, looks out over a CC and we are, you know, drinking wine and doing, you know, waking up in the morning and doing yoga, looking out over the vineyard, just nothing but time for yourself for a week. Oh, awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, Diane, this was fascinating and I love talking to you and it's so inspiring, not just because of your message and what you're doing with the dance, but I love the way, and I was telling you this before, that there's a lot of jobs you could have that are just, eh, but you know, I was like, oh, this is the job, uh, you know, I have to love it. I have to love it. And what I got from you and what I really, why I really wanted to have you on the show for Positive Bitch Ladies is that you're bringing that unconditional love, joy, and passion and inspiration. You're bringing it. And that's okay. what is amazing. You know, just like I, I agree, there's some people and we have a lot of young people out there that listen that maybe they're not doing what they uh, every day they wake up, but there's still ways to bring joy, you know, and you show up with the love and you show up with the joy, you know, to whatever you're doing on your path. And you definitely, you know, are so into that or these messages would not come from all over. That's for sure. All right, Diane, before we go, is there anything that we did not chat about that you want to get in? 
You know, I think the one thing is I wanted to say is, you know, I was sitting with, I go away for girls weekend with uh, three of my girlfriends from college and everybody said, like, if you could do your dream job, what would your dream job be? And I am doing my dream job. And I think that in if it, you can't do it full time and it can't be what your daily life is, whatever you love, you need to incorporate that somehow in your everyday life. Oh, awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I oof, I love that. Because you're right. No, I'm sitting here thinking you just got to get something in. Like while if you're not there and you're not like there's a lot of people that don't absolutely love what they do. You know that. But and there's there's something for you to do. Of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, we always we have a class called "It's Never Too Late," and that's when we go on tour somewhere and we're running a class, and it's for everybody who said, "Oh, I always wanted to dance," or "I used to dance when I was a kid." Well, you know what? It's never too late. So we bring them in and we move them around and they have a great time because it's there's always time for what you love in your life. You just got to, you know, you got to fit it in and don't feel bad about it. I love that. All right, Diane. Well, everyone, thanks to Diane for being one of the first guests on Positive Bitch Power Ladies. <laughs> And thanks for having me. I really loved it. And until next time, please make sure that you share this episode with anyone that you think would enjoy it, that it would inspire. You know, you can do it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever way you want to do it. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed. And remember, stay powerful.